hyphen, it doesn't work. And they had to abort this mission. So that famously is is the most expensive. Mike Wills was talking about the $50 Australian bill. Uh, and, of course, it costs to print money, and but it's not anywhere in that league, and it's just embarrassing. Of course, we know the embarrassment of all the electioneering, and uh, not only in this country, but in other countries, the people who get it wrong on posters. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, though, the the... One, I'm sure there are others because a lot of people spoke about the money that they gained because somebody uh, advertised something for the wrong price and so they bought it and then sold it for just, you know, the real price, which was often two noughts more. Um, uh, but um, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, the, there's actually a, an incorrect spelling of, of the word philosopher on the back of the book. And because of that spelling mistake, it actually went for £70,000. Um, because it was so unusual. The, the, the way things get value is if they are limited. And because of the error, it actually added uh, to the, I guess, collectability of that book. So uh, we'll still continue to take uh, your comments on uh, your spelling <laughs> and uh, yeah, numbers you've got wrong. Um, yeah, I suppose it's... It, you know, when you send something and there's a spell check, you then have to send another thing. And you'd think it's obvious. Uh, one thing that irritates me is when I say tar, which is thank you, and it's, it goes at. And it's like, no. And then, to, you know, there's some things you shouldn't have to explain. <laughs> um, and ironically, in the Cape Times uh, today, when I was reading it, there was excerpt instead of expect. You know, those kind of typos you'd think a proofreader would find. Um, and, of course, some people, their job is just to find uh, spelling mistakes. Um, for, for me, I think I, I, I really feel that if you spell something incorrectly, as long as somebody understands it, I, I have no problem with SMS spelling. Some people get you know, too stunned about it. But I think as long as your meaning is clear, I did um, – once give feedback to a colleague of mine and she was uh, Kosa first language speaking and uh, I, I, I just said to her there's a difference between bowl B-O-W-L and bowl spelled with an E and it has a completely different meaning <laughs> you know bowl versus bowl um, so when it changes the meaning by adding a letter or taking it away um, then it it, it 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 really changes things. There was somebody who also said they they advertised something and they left off instead of all sop with two p's they put it with one p, and nobody came to the bidding and it didn't get the amount because all the collectors wouldn't have looked at it in the wrong spelling. You know, wow. So that's what we're talking about. Um, we're talking about yeah the the, the, <laughs> the issue about when spelling goes wrong. So we are going to now. Go to beautiful news. Cape Talk. Some beautiful news. And uh, the first person we're going to be talking about is Chris Burtish. Um, he is very well known in Cape Town. And, of course, lots of publicity given to him when he came into Cape Town on his paddleboard. He set out to cross the Atlantic Ocean with just a stand-up paddleboard. Now, when you consider the vast extent of this ocean people with fancy boats don't do it and this oak decided 
to do it on a stand-up paddleboard. And, of course, he was certain he'd face unimaginable terrors, but he planned this for five years, and the adventurer was relentless. And his greater purpose was to transform the lives of children, and this is what pushed him forward. And so he started off in 2016 in December, and he began the voyage on the coast of Morocco to the Caribbean island of Antigua, and uh, his it wasn't just a paddleboard. It was custom built, obviously, so that he had some sort of shelter. It's called the MP Fish, and it had shelter navigation and communication technology inside the hull. But he traveled at an average of 69 kilometers per day. Okay. Now, given that Santa Lena, which we're going to be talking about later, is 3,000 kilometers away from Cape Town, it gives you a real sense. And that's in the middle of the Atlantic. It gives you a real sense of the distance. Um, British paddled at night to avoid excessive sun exposure, but two weeks into his journey, disaster struck and he hit stormy weather, dangerous waves and technical trouble. And he persevered, completing his mission in 93 days and 7,500 kilometers later. And of course, um, the money is given to the, the Smile Foundation. I've always believed in giving back, helping others, and just being a better human being. I'm a big wave surfer, waterman, adventurer, inspirational speaker, and I don't believe in impossible. Well, I've always believed that nothing is impossible, and I think this journey and adventure was just a perfect case in point of that. Paddling across the ocean was always about changing the lives of millions of little kids. This project was meant to raise money for operations for Operation Smile with kids with cleft palates and cleft lips. We raised enough money to be able to pay for almost a thousand operations and inspire a generation. Through these adventures, I'd like kids to be encouraged and inspired to be able to follow their own passions and dreams and never give up on whatever they set their mind to achieve. Glenda Jones twirled across the expanse of dust and grass. Her stage, the playgrounds in the Cape Flats. It was an attempt to break away from the chains of oppression that bound her community. On Sundays, Jones would turn her garden into a makeshift theatre charging the neighbours five cents to view her home-based productions, watching her grow in stature and skill inspired others to join in. And in 1999, Jones founded the Africa Ablaze Dance Company out of the same backyard. And to this day, all she requires for admission is an unshakable love for dance. Each student that takes the stage receives special attention to cultivate their natural style of dance, singing and acting. Joan's devotion to dance has unfurled into performances across the country, productions such as When Cranes Fly, Question Humanity and Where It's Going. Her vision is to create work that counters unreachable standards of beauty. I started dancing in my backyard. I danced with the trees and I would run with the chickens. Eventually, I started a little dance company in my backyard. Every Sunday night, the neighbors would come with chairs and I would charge them five cents to enter our backyard and it became a theater. I could see that that what they were going through was transforming them. It took them out of their poverty cycle while they were dancing. I couldn't believe the transformation in their faces. They had forgotten how poor they were. That feeling has stayed with me to this very day. 
I then started teaching dance and then it went into me opening up the Africa Ablaze Dance Company in my lounge where I lived and Africa Ablaze has been in existence ever since. If you do become some kind of reject because you don't fit in with humanity's idea of perfection, I think you are probably in the healthiest place on earth because now you can fly, you can jump, you can land. And interestingly, on dance, um, there's a new study out saying that um, to dance reduces the symptoms of dementia. Isn't that interesting? But anyway, I continue with the beautiful news. Um, Anthony Gerd is our next person that we, we're focusing on. The melted chocolate folds like silk as it's poured. When it's set, each block is then dropped in a mound of cacao powder, creating a decadent dust cloud. Delicious scents stir childhood memories of Willy Wonka's sashaying through his chocolate factory. Anthony Gerd is a chocolatier too, but unlike the fictional character's exploitation of bite-sized Oompa Loompas, Gerd keeps it ethical. His own little factory began as a home experiment as he merged art, science and raw Cocoa. But Gerd's delight halted momentarily when he realized that even the sweet skill of chocolate making has a dark side. Um, the, the, I'm calling it cocoa, but it's spelled cacao. Anyway, the cocoa industry, most notably in the Ivory Coast, is one of the largest contributors to deforestation and child slavery. While so many big companies profit off this, Gerd wanted to do better. So the chocolatier engages directly with farmers in Tanzania and South Africa, regularly visiting the farms and vetting processes. Chocolate treats can be guilt-free if we just slow down a bit and buy responsibly. I'm Anthony Gerd and I'm a chocolate maker. I remember years ago when I tasted some raw cacao powder mixed with honey and coconut oil. I basically went home, made my own version of it and then tweaked it and then I was like, okay, maybe there's something here. Realizing that there was a problem in the chocolate industry came a bit after we started making chocolates for fun at home. And then we did a bit more research and realized that there's actually quite an issue with things like child slavery and exploitation, especially in West Africa. We committed to buying direct fair trade cocoa beans. When I say fair trade, is we actually go and visit the farmers and invent it. Our whole aim is to show that all food should be ethical. And we want to take people with us on that ride. I hope that South Africans will look at our journey and actually feel inspired. You can start very small and you can experiment and you can grow. Uh, we go next to Nakiwe Glover. When it comes to styling natural locks, Nakiwe Glover is the queen. Her crowning jewels, beads, braids and wool extensions. The renowned hair artist creations are an artistic and political statement. In South Africa, hair has been used as a tool for oppression, from pencil tests during apartheid to rules at schools that still prohibit dreadlocks and afros. Experimenting with her friend's hair in high school helped Glover uh, create the unique styles that would have become her signature pieces. I use hair as a mean to express myself. Glover says it's a fun way to show my personality and tell a story. When piled high on her head or falling below her knees, Glover's work never fails to capture attention. Coco Chanel famously said, 
A woman who cuts her hair is about to change her life. My name is Nikki Wendova and I'm a hair artist. I use hair as a means to express myself. I think it's a fun way to show my personality and to also tell a story. It takes a lot of time. <laughs> There's nothing new in people discriminating against African hair. For me, it's very important that I do something for the next generation. Most of my hair pieces are inspired by African hairstyles that they used to do back in the day and they used to have crowns as well. African hairstyles only become fashionable when media decides to make them fashionable. I want to put an end to that and make them stand out in a positive way right here and right now. People of all races have responded to my work and they love it. I want people to remember to own their crowns. Michelle Weston can reveal a universe of beauty in the things you throw away. With the art of scanography, he's a maverick. The alternative form of photography replaces a camera with an ordinary office scanner. Zooming in on mundane objects, Western explores a new perspective on the world around us. From seashells to seeds, bottle caps to bird feathers, there's nothing Western doesn't see as beautiful. A graphic designer working from home left Western uninspired, isolated and deeply depressed. Examining objects up close gave him a reason to get out of bed every day and explore the world around him. During neighborhood walks and seaside strolls, Western collects objects that have fallen by the wayside, anticipating the masterpiece it could be. Anything can be art if you change your perspective. I am Michelle Weston and I am a graphic designer and scenographer. Scenography is an alternative form of photography where you use a scanner as a camera. Before I found scenography, I felt quite apathetic. Feeling disconnected from the world affected me by taking me into a deep depression. I tried to find a reason to get out of bed in the morning. This form of art has changed the 